When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. Happy New Year. Are we still saying Happy New Year, Josh? I feel that on the emails I was sending from work last year, Friday was the last day you could wish people a oh, Happy really? New Year. Yeah. HNY. HNY. Like not happy with that. What lazy people do. Yeah, that. lazy. Yeah, I'm not. What not, did you just say? I said Happy New Year, yeah, to most people, yeah. But I've stopped now. I think it's over. So, but it is our first podcast since um, Christmas. It's like ages. Uh, last podcast we were just after the defeat away at Man City. So we've, since then we've um, we beat West Brom one 0 We beat Palace. We had the Giroud goal. We are the last people on earth to talk about the Giroud goal. We've got mm. to talk about that. Um, we have got a hot take. I haven't actually, but I'm sure I can come up with something. Um, Bournemouth, the three all, the epic comeback, and the Preston epic comeback as well. It's funny because it doesn't feel like... You, you, you read out the four results there. Yeah. We've had three wins and a draw. It doesn't really feel like we've had no. three wins and a draw since we lasted a podcast. Yeah. It feels more negative around. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. And thank God. So psychic, psychic Josh is here as ever. Yes. And we're joined by the legend that is Alan Alger. Uh, cigar in hand. <laughs> Good to ready, be here. <laughs> ready to have your stats challenged by me, as they've never been challenged before. Yeah, scandalous from Jeff Arsenal. Absolutely scandalous. I didn't actually, see this. You're the amount of pre- the me. amount of preparation that goes into I know. me coming on to this podcast. I, you know, some people might like stats, some people might not. But that's yeah. the thing that I try and bring to these uh, to these podcasts every month. That oh, I'm on, we, and they're up there to be shot at and. For some reason, uh, Jeff seems to think they're totally challenged and yeah. uh, to be challenged, and they go unchallenged. Which, it, first of all, is wrong, and second of all, I'd like to point out most of the things I say tend to bear fruit in the season. You know, it's not like Absolutely, yeah. they end up being. Uh, well, that's what I don't. I mean, it's as much he was much having a go at me, I guess, as the host of this podcast as you, because obviously you come in with your stuff. But so we should explain that that in a discussion, a Twitter discussion you had last night. Yeah. Um, he said, I'm trying to find the original tweet. Here we go. Bear, bear with me. Uh, basically, he said, you come in with your stats, wielding a cigar, and they go unchallenged yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. Which I think is, is more of a dig at me, I think. So, which is fair. I'm, I'm, I'm here to take it. But um, Josh, Josh challenged you. The thing is, I agree with you, rough generally, 
But I find your stats obviously highly, highly um, fascinating, and they add, add a lot. And generally, the deductions that you make about them seem to make sense to me. Whereas Josh is yeah, the eternal can... defender um, of Arsene Wenger and the current I'm regime, Arsenal, and, and, and challenges your yeah, stats. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the, the stats. I like the stats. I, I, I've got a race statistical mind, and 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 those, and we we talk about betting and things like that a lot. Um, I guess it's always just down to interpretation of how important you value those and what you read into those, and can you find. Other ways, like the, the point Alan and I were just talking about before we started the podcast, you know, are, is it a problem that we're very good at beating teams we're expected to be and then very poor at beating teams we're not expected to be? And unfortunately, you don't win the title unless you start winning some games against the teams you're not always expected. Exactly, to but I did, I did take it personally, and 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 Josh will back up the fact. Even when I'm not on, if I see something during a week where I'm not on, I'll often send oh, it yeah. to him to, yeah. to actually to, yeah, you know to discuss. And I think the last one was quite a positive one, wasn't it? The the not being uh, beaten. Um, by not, yes, you said if we avoid being beaten, <laughs> which by nearly three goals <laughs> two games into this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> We're 3-0 against Bournemouth. Yeah, wow. Uh, I found the original tweet, everyone. It's very important to read, to read it out. So this is Jeff Arsenal. He said, Alan is great when he can breeze in with a cigar. <laughs> and challenge. I have to credit him. It's a, good, it's a good phrase. I like the idea of you breezing in with a cigar. I've, say, we, I've we, wandered we, in with a Pret-a-Manger uh, cappuccino. Yeah, yeah, that, having just got out an Uber because <laughs> of the tube strike. Those listeners who are in London will know we've had a tube strike It was strike hardly today. a breeze, was it, Josh? Um, well, it took 40 minutes at an Uber <laughs> to get over from Camden. Yeah, I, I walked as well. I braved the... It, yes, we'll, thank we'll you for making the, the effort. Let's, thank you. Thank you, Josh. Um, yeah, uh, um, stats and sound bites. That was the, that's the rest of the uh, the tweet. Um, but you know, it's, it's a it's a deliberately provocative comment. Obviously, have you got? But in, before we get into the nitty gritty of a um, Giroud and his goals and his the greatest goal in history of uh, the world ever, and um, our bizarre recent form of um, and the issues surrounding that, and of course the the thing that started off the argument was this um, interview with Wenger in um, where is it in. Um, Foreign Urzel I'm sorry with Urzel About yeah. Wenger yes, It was in yeah. Kicker In Kicker So Urzel talking about The contract situation yeah. Said something like I'm paraphrasing again um, That he wants to You know He knows the fans Want him to stay Blah 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 blah. But the issue for him is Will Arson What's Arsenal's future plans Basically Oh you've have you printed I, wrote, I wrote the quote You wrote the quote Because it's really interesting I think Alan wants to talk about this About how it was then Picked up by The media Because yeah. it was interpreted in a slightly different way so I think the maybe the quotes were intended and, and actually say yeah so do you want to yeah I'm going to read the quote yeah if only um, if only Luke Kempner was here because he could read oh, this in, in, in Ozil's accent he could do Ozil's mm. accent I'm not going to try and do it. He's Ozil. doing a lot of celebrity Big Brother bit on the side. He's doing very well. He's brilliant, of course. Mm. So this is what Ozil said. The fans want me to stay. Now it's just down to the club. The club knows that I am, above all, here because of Arsene Wenger, who signed me and whose trust I have. The club also knows that I just want to be clear on what the manager will do. It's a wonderful PR move from his team. Oh, so you agree that it's a PR move? Yeah, it's a PR move, but I think the way it's been interpreted, which I let Alan talk about... I think the way it's been, it's a PR move because it buys it. It buys them time, doesn't it? They know that until now they've got no real pressure on them because they put it back onto the club to do something around oh, see, the yeah. manager's future. Yeah, yeah. And it buys them a bit more time to have a few more conversations. You know, can they raise genuine interest from elsewhere? Mm. Even if he does want to stay, they can use that as leverage to get him a better contract. So, you know, I think he's been uh, well advised because he, he, you know, if you read those quotes accurately, 
I don't think he can come across badly to fans. Um, and it buys him time. Yeah, but I'll, I, let, I'll let Alan come Yeah, I, I mean, I broadly agree. I, you, your point was that it was a PR that generally just... Well, I mean, it's kind of a meaningless thing, isn't it? Yeah. I, that's my take on it. It's like, I don't, I, I don't deny that somewhere in his mind, Arsene Wenger is key to him being there, and clearly they have a good relationship. But equally, I think, does any, any, really, any player worth his salt go... You have to tell me what the manager's doing. I mean, is he assuming going to bring in a terrible manager and then it's going to go? It's not really how it works, is it? I wouldn't have thought so. And and just to go back a point, um, I don't want to make this about me and Jeff. He's a, he's a great person. Oh, go on, make it about Well, you, he, he's a great person in real life. Oh, we love and, Jeff. you know, whenever, yeah. whenever I'm on with him, you know, outside of Arsenal chat, I've just had I a think thought. he's going to hate the fact we came in an Uber, isn't he? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. We've insulted him straight away. Sorry, there was no black cabs. I tried for so, 10 minutes. It was Josh that booked it, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, in, a, in an Uber with a cigar. But one on. one thing that he he always uh, disagrees me, with me on is that anything that's said very positively about Arsene Wenger by players or former players, um, I often try to say that he's been a bit naive to not realise yes. there's an element of club PR behind them whenever they come out because I know how these things work and I know Jeff's also got contacts at the club but I do think he's been slightly naive whenever he interprets those quotes mm. as absolute gold and that's what the person thinks and, and bear in mind a lot of the time you're talking about someone who's talking about their employer mm. I mean yeah, no one's going to say the opposite no. Unless they really want out, and then you'd know that anyway. So I don't think there needs to be a debate about the way things yeah. are being said and whether Mesut Ozil likes Arsene Wenger. I'm pretty sure he does, and I'm pretty sure he, he absolutely loves him. I'm not sure that that actually is relevant to anything that, that Ozil's actually said, and Josh has got a good point in that it does buy Ozil time. What it also does, it makes him a bit of a hero either way because... Um, if Arsene Wenger decides to go mm. and he stays, it looks like he's done us all a big favour. And if Arsene Wenger goes, he can always point to that to be yeah. the catalyst of his decision rather than wanting to get out of Arsenal. But I think those those points were interpreted wrong by the first ju- journalist that picked them up. I think that they went with a sensational headline to say that it all depended on Arsene Wenger staying. The quotes don't actually say that at all. No. They just say he wants to know about the future. Yeah. And I think that that is a very reasonable point from a player. And this point's been made elsewhere today. So I'm not, I'm not stealing this point because I did think it before I heard it from someone else. But um, I do think that a player of his age does need to know exactly which manager he's going to be playing for in what could be his last contract with a club mm. or a move elsewhere. So... I do, I do not doubt that, that Mesut Ozil has gone in, either his advisors or with his advisors or on his own, and said to the club, what's happening? Who do you think's coming in? Or do you think Arsene Wenger is staying? Because I've got a feeling, no disrespect to Eddie Howe or someone like that, I've got a feeling that Mesut Ozil wouldn't exactly be enamoured with Eddie Howe coming in or someone like that. I think he'd somehow think yeah, that I it agree. was a backward step from Arsenal in terms yeah. of... Uh, Whereas uh, if it's like Diego Simeone of, or something... Yeah, and he'd be right. saying, right, oh, I can't wait to play yeah. for Diego Simeone yeah. or I can't wait to play for Allegri or, or yeah. I at least feel that that person in my mind is an equivalent level of Arsene Wenger and I really want to play for them and I want to know what Arsene's mm. doing um, to, agree, to twist yeah. it to, to, to being I want Arsene to stay I think is is extremely naive and yeah. and possibly a bit mischievous yeah. from the people that did it I agree and if he'd have said sorry Josh if he'd have said I if Arsene Wenger does not 
sign and you could say, I am leaving, that would have been a definitive answer and an explanation as to how important Wenger is to him. He did not say that. He just said, I want to know what the future's going to be. And yeah. of course, he, you're absolutely right. And he equally didn't say, and he would never in a million, imagine if he'd have said, um, I'm not that bothered about what happens to the manager. I don't care. I'll, I'm going to stay. No, he's not going to say that. And he hasn't committed to say, if Arsene stays, I'll stay. No. Exactly. It's just that we want to know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, here's the interesting thing. I mean, and I know it happens here, and you you try to avoid it a lot of the time. But the first thing you do when you get guests on here, you do really ask them their arson in out position because it is an issue yeah. that is defining the club over the last few years. And I think that's actually filtering through to player interviews now. And I yeah, think I agree, that yeah. it's obviously asked in a slightly different way. But I think any Arsenal player that's going outside of the club and having big interviews sometimes in their own country, especially like this one, they're going to be asked about the future mm. of the club. Mm. And one key point of the future of the club is whether or not Arsene Wenger's staying. And it can always lead them down that path of, of giving quotes like this. And they're all PR trained, and what they really should be saying is something very positive, but also nothing you can hang your hat on. Yeah. And this one here, if you actually read it again, is exactly that. It's mm. a PR statement. They may be PR trained, but I just thought of another thing, another um, post-match interview. Did you see the post-match interview? I think it was after the... <laughs> Was it after the off Preston message? Game? Off yeah, the message. off message where Giroud and Ramsey yeah. both said they were surprised at the level of commitment. Yeah, from the, I thought it was really you surprising. Ramsey fucking said that. idiots. If you yeah. think that is the thing you should say on television they, they to hung, your to to the nation to your fans, they hammered them, didn't they? They hung Arsenal yeah. out to dry a I mean, bit, that there, was didn't they? Pathetic. Because if if it's true, yeah. And it could be true. It could be true. I mean, based on what based it. on what we know about the club, it could well be true. But it does I mean think it explains that a lot. He hasn't even. I, I just don't understand why, especially after the Bournemouth game, he didn't he didn't prepare every single player with a very very simple line about the fact it's a championship team. They're going to be very physical. They're going to be up for up for it from the off. And we need to be on our game straight away. Even if he didn't quite believe it was the kind of thing that he usually says, <laughs> yeah. it needed to be said because we couldn't afford to have the first half that we did against them. And we nearly, nearly paid for it. Mm. And it I still crazy. think, even though it was a win, a lot, of people, a lot of people are saying, you just want to moan about Arsenal and we actually won the game. And... I don't doubt under George Graham and I know for a fact we had lots of games like that where we won and we we probably deserved to lose mm. and we'd praise the resilience of the team so are, are we being harsh by not doing that when it's happened to a Wenger team but I've never really seen that level of utter shock and disarray within a team that are essentially playing a team sort of 35 rungs below or 30 rungs below and in terms of finances just totally out of their league teams have bad games but that was that was abject that was that 45 minutes it was it was beyond belief to see a team that had, that had suffered against Bournemouth to come out and do exactly I, that I felt it was worse uh, I, I felt that Portsmouth first half was actually worse because at Bournemouth at least you could go there was individual errors quite arguably Preston uh, Preston did we play Portsmouth as well? Uh, sorry, against Bournemouth. You thought Bournemouth so, okay, was worse thought than Bournemouth, against... Sorry. Okay, I thought Bournemouth was worse than <laughs> Preston because at Bournemouth, oh, right. you could go, right, um, Bellerin and Ramsey have left acres and acres of space for the first goal. The second goal, what is Xhaka doing to push someone over? Bellerin has been hopelessly sort of one pushed over, but then quite weak for the third goal. 
But their level of performance overall in the first half of Preston was horrendous. Just, mm. just were. And we, we were so lucky that when he had the chance to play the ball across and they, they didn't score their, their second. But there is that bit of me going, well, we've never, ever come back from three goals down in the history of Arsene Wenger. I think about 28, is it 28 times we've been three nil down in the Premier League under that Wenger? That was the stat that came, I, yeah. I didn't have it I myself, haven't checked but it, that but was yeah. the, the stat so that came out. there's something to be said to yeah. so the fact we did that and we did it with 20 minutes to go and there was only 10 men for 10 minutes of that. You know, that we you know we legitimately got back into that game. They had lost their best player and before lost their best the sending off. Mm. Uh, but we got back into it. And, I'm not prepared. You know, and it was, yeah. a, you know, we, it was a Ray on live scenario. And then as soon as we got the equaliser against Preston, I, you know, there's only one winner of that game. It might just totally. be we weren't great. So it just depends. It depends if your glass is half full or half empty well, where you want to look at it. It's, qu- certainly this, wor- it's certainly worrying, that level yeah. of performance. But the fact is, I, it does, you know, with three wins and a draw in the last four games, and yet doesn't quite feel like that but that is a good three sign. wins and a draw against West Brom Palace okay well, the Preston disastrous okay. it's not just, before you know, we, Liverpool drew at Sunderland I know didn't they in I that know, period yeah. alright before we address this big issue which is the big and issue Plymouth. at the moment is are we be, is it the glass half full you know that we managed to come back from a disastrously terrible first half performances against massively inferior opposition or are we brilliantly heroically valiantly achieving a decent enough result in the end against Mass. We'll address that, but first, let's have a break. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone tech.com to find out how. And we're back from the break. So, Alan, I mean, I, I, I'm you know, obviously I'm with you in the sense that it's extraordinary how bad. I think the thing, the thing that proved it for me against Preston was, I think our, I said this a few weeks ago about our squad. So this whole thing about our squad is, you know, people think our squad's the strongest it's been yeah. for years. But the second, as soon as you go down past the first 11, really, or, you know, the rough first 11, maybe the first 30, as soon as you go down to, like, Gabrielle even, you're left with some really bad defending, particularly. Yeah. And seemingly at the moment, for example, with Ramsey, you're left with someone who I, I, I just don't trust. In his, I don't know what it is, but it's a mental thing or whatever, to be decent enough either in the few games that he's playing. I think, you know, I know people like to blame Ramsey in, in the same way that people blame someone like Theo that I always defend. But for me, his performance has been particularly diabolical in the, in the first half he's played recently as well. And then you've got the uh, your favourite, the Ox as well, of course. Yeah. But I just think once you go down to those second choice players that are second choice at the moment that they're just performing terribly well people won't believe listening now that this is my stock position but I, I, I never ever intend to be deliberately negative about Arsenal you might you might disbelieve that you might listen back to the other episodes I've been on and say that that's completely untrue but I honestly never ever do all I try and do is rally against people that go over the top the other way. And there are so many of those, and they're the, they're the people I prefer to attack. If people are being ultra-negative, I've, I've corrected them before, but you won't, you won't necessarily see that. But for people to look at the results we had at the start of the season and say exactly as you just said there, that we had an, a fantastic squad and this was the best squad we've had for a long while and aren't these results brilliant and these results show that we are going to challenge this season when everything I saw from a statistical basis and a performance analysis basis actually said no it's pretty much the same as it's been the last five years 
in certain cases I could say it's worse, in certain cases I could say it's better. But it's certainly not better to an extent where we're going to improve and win the title, and it's not. It's probably not worse where we're going to drop out. And as long as you're not going over the top to me by saying, no, actually, you're wrong, it's absolutely brilliant, then I'm never going to counter it the other way. And people do it with players. I, I, I saw it with Lucas. I mean, for goodness sake... I've seen it with Lucas. I mean, after Preston, Lucas has suddenly become someone that people want to overpraise. And it's ridiculous. Allow him time. (laughs) Allow yourself time to make the judgment. And and that's not me saying he's awful. I'm just saying people have Mm. overdone the praise for Lucas. They overdid the praise for Awobi at the end of last season. And we're suddenly seeing now that maybe, just maybe, he isn't as good as people said. He's certainly not as bad as the criticism he's got recently either, but mm. it's just people that go in, they go in two-footed, and they want to be overly positive about the club they support, but to an extent where they're actually becoming extremely naive and need correction. That's all I've ever tried mm. to do. So so really the bottom line is that we are kind of generally, even these weird, even the three-all result, in, and even like, you know, going down to Preston and eventually, all of this stuff really, for me standing back in the cold light of day looking at it it's like we're exactly where we have been well, isn't it and particularly like in term, i mean from from terms of the strength of the squad i mean i thought this stuff squad to start the season i thought it was maybe just a bit better in terms of his signed Xhaka and his signed lucas and i thought maybe they're a slight upgrade Xhaka i think is an upgrade but you know it's going to take time but i think generally a slightly stronger score, maybe by one man, one or one and a half yeah. people, and then you've got the manager so stuck in his ways and so clearly unable to inspire or plot interesting new ways for this current squad to to play against these teams that we're just we are absolutely stuck in the same situation we have been for years and years and years. That's my feeling, and well, it's I, like, and I, and I just don't see any evidence that he is getting anything out of these players other than exactly the same as he has done for the last five, six, seven, eight. Well, nine, there is no evidence. And you, and you said in your introduction, you said, look, there's been three wins and a draw. Why do we feel that it wasn't actually what it says on the paper in front of me? Why do we feel it's worse? And I can tell you that the analysis of those, those recent games where we conceded a lot of chances against, against Crystal Palace, who up until that point had been the worst team in 2016 in the whole country. That's <laughs> including every single team in the 92. They had been the worst team in 2016. And we played them on the first day of 2017. And we conceded five chances in 15 minutes to them. Now, lots of teams aren't conceding five chances to Crystal Palace in 90 minutes. And for some reason, you've got a team that are fated by some of the, some of the overly positive fans as title contenders. They're actually conceding, conceding chances against them. We're conceding chances against a mid-level level championship club at a rate that if it was against a team that mm. had decent strikers or decent forwards, we would be punished. They would have been. And, and have been a big, four big defeat yeah. is round the corner. Yeah, they should have been 3 A big, four big defeat is round the corner this season. And it might happen two or three times. Josh? I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not quite as, uh, as negative and on down on uh, recent events. I, I felt, I'm thinking back to that Crystal Palace. There was that 10, 15 minute period in the second half. But it's for really good chance that there was a Benteke header. I didn't think there was... Low. It doesn't feel. I didn't ever feel we were going to win that game. Much as like you know, it wasn't you know frustrating. There, there maybe was a, there was a very shaky period where they had lots of penetration and, sort of and lots of maybe chances. it's one of them where we, we didn't kick in. Maybe if if we do concede, we we kick on again. And you know, it was a little bit flat. And 
um, playing a lot of football at the time. I wasn't ever worried against West Brom. Obviously, I think we went to the game together. Um, it took a long time, but we got the goal we deserved. I didn't, I didn't feel. I, I didn't fear that game at all. I mean, yeah, I think I, I think the, the goal was game. always coming in that. Um, one. And against Bournemouth, I. I I completely agree with your point. There's too much praise on people too soon and too much negativity. And yes, it was bad against Bournemouth, but I couldn't help but feel it, it, it was those individual errors that I mentioned. You know, in, in part, that I think if you play that game, we shouldn't have, you know, conceded a few of those goals we should. I don't think we'll concede as ridiculous a penalty as Shaka needlessly, a player running away from goal. I mean, it was, it was mindless. I don't, I don't think we'll um, concede quite as... Um, you know, terrible a penalty is that. Um, but are those, I, I are those individuals making are those individuals making Arsene Wenger look like he doesn't have the organisation of the team right, or are or is the organisation of the team right? But those individuals are letting him down on the pitch. Well, because I, I'm sorry, I, it's I the same in. Was it? Was it Fra- who was it that ran in off the wing for that Bournemouth's first goal? Was it Fraser Arter? Arter, right? Or was it just Charlie Daniels that went in all the way? I can't remember. Whoever was in Charlie like, Daniels took the ball Charlie down Daniels. and, and came was in. in I mean, I mean, and and I don't think that you can just say that as well. There's no way. I mean, la- that lack of awareness about where a player is on the pitch. No footballer should have twenty yards to. Them. He literally had twenty yards to himself. And Ramsey at one point has glanced over his shoulder yes. and like kind of seen him yes. and gone. Oh, screw that. I'm like quite happy jogging around I, over here. So that is a player letting the manager down. Where does that come from? That's letting the manager down. Where does that complacency come from? Josh, Josh, right? Himself. himself. Josh, you're out. No, it's too, it's too many players with the same complacency. Because this is the thing. This isn't, this, this, is, these aren't one-offs. These are things that have yeah. occurred over the last 10 years. That's the same as Riziki jumping out the way and free kicks or laughing when a ball goes past him because he's at the wrong end of the wall and not, not particularly caring and not, you know, you're, you're Aaron Ramsey. You turn and look over your shoulder. What's going through your mind? What is honestly what's what going, through, be going your through your mind? Is I need to, you know, I need to do my job for my team and my manager. Okay, and go and mark so that, that wasn't. So why do you think that wasn't? You need to follow this through to a conclusion because the only conclusion for me is actually. Do you know what? I can see him over there. Probably should run over there. It doesn't matter if I do. It doesn't matter if I don't. And I also, I'm, I'd go further. I think what's like subcon deep down, I think in Aaron, Aaron Ramsey is a fascinating, and we could talk all day about Aaron Ramsey. I think he's such an interesting person because I think deep down, my Finney theory about him is that he thinks he's a much better player than he is. He had that Absolutely. year <laughs> where he was like Pele all of a sudden, and it yeah. was like, and I still, how did it happen? I mean, he was so good that season, wasn't he? It was Four, like... Was that 2012-13? Like, yeah, 13-14? 13-14. It, it feels yeah. now, it feels now to me like a science fiction film. It really does. It feels like something, you know, you see on Netflix. You but know, there's like, a, there's like a lot... Stranger Things or something. He was, his body was taken over by a fucking brilliant player. <laughs> and it? now you see him and the reason people are so divided, he's dif- as divisive a figure as Arsenal yeah. in general. But perception rules there, doesn't it, boy? Because actually... It was only two well, and a half. Tell me, he wasn't that good? It was only two and a half months during that season. Oh, okay, you're, right, you're, you're okay. saying it's sure. the whole season. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a start period. of the season. It was the, it, it was, was a, period. It was two right. and a half months. Oh, I mean, period I, I where meant it was more utterly unplayable. I meant that time. Yeah, I yeah. didn't mean the whole season. No, I meant that period in in his life. But for it me, was that, extraordinary. And now he's so. I do think he's fucking terrible. I'm sorry. It's good that he got a goal. Maybe that was a person. It's been a while, hasn't it? First goal of the season. A long time ago, I think they said that, I think they said it was eighteen starts ago, but he hasn't had many <laughs> no. starts in that time. So, but, uh, 
that mo- you talk about that moment it summed up and, and then he goes on TV and says I was surprised at the level of commitment I mean all, it's all stacking up into a picture he wants his, he, I mean I'm, I know it's unfair but I, he I does what, he's a model for this modelling agency all the whole thing is like oh fuck off I, I wrongly <laughs> think sometimes you, you'd forgive maybe the foreign players for just misanswering or not getting the PR yeah, right, right. Aaron that Ramsey was a bit of a surprise. Just, yeah. Even if you thought that, what the f- just yeah. just be like, yeah, we knew they were going to be up for it. You know, just say all the cliche, like the you know. And the other thing is, of somebody, and the other thing is, because he swans in and gets that number ten position over a perfectly good um, who was it played in that position the the, the, the game before, uh, and, and he was terrible. It, it was absolutely the terrible. The funny thing is, he's, he's he's had actually maybe six or seven chances in the last few games. And six of them have been far easier than Iwobi number seven. Yeah, right. Iwobi, so because he Iwobi did well, didn't he? In yeah. that, could be talked. said, but Iwobi was picked in that number ten position. The game before, and everyone thought we did pretty well, you know. And then some, for some reason, he put Ramsey back in there. The next game, it was just again. I mean, this is just stacking up. Thing. Well, but well, he does the problem, infuriate me that he. That I'm trying to remember where it was. It was a, maybe four or five podcasts ago now, where we played at Old Trafford, and I think Ramsey had been on the left, possibly. And we kind of all concluded, well, either Ramsey will not play the next game of football or he will not be in that position. Yeah. So yeah. He, yeah. he's kind of now obviously trying to find a, a place for him in that team, which is obviously showing how highly he is still rated by the manager. He's trying to shoehorn him into a team even when he's not desperately in form and not necessarily looking like he's getting there on merit at the moment. And that clearly, you know, but he did, must still value him. To be fair to him, in that, in that really good period, he was doing... You know, I, I know we're going back a few seasons. He was actually doing it against good teams, yeah. so it wasn't like uh, there's a lot of uh, analysis of his Euro 2016 performances yeah. where a lot of people have sort of ripped apart the numbers there and have actually said, "Do you know what? It wasn't a very good tournament, so mm. you can look like one of the best players in that tournament yeah. and then come back to the Premier League and struggle because actually away to Bournemouth might be a bit harder." than yeah. a few of the group games in, in Euro mm. 2016. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that that could be the case. But to me, th- th- there's an application problem with him because yeah. we have seen that he has the ability. And that's what frustrates me more. And that's probably why I give him more stick than any other player because yeah, same, the, same. The, the excuses are running out. Josh, you just, you just said that a lot of people that defend him say, well, if Wenger's playing him out of position, you need to accept that his performance level will be dragged down by the fact that he is playing out wide. He's not a wide player. Given the benefit of the doubt, we do. But he's had so many chances in his favoured position where he's not performed. And I, mm. I just, I, I don't know what that maybe, is. I may, really I don't hope, know what I that is. I hope there's a confidence element in that maybe getting the goal. Because he sort of referenced it, didn't he? He referenced, he was obviously very aware he hadn't scored in a while. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was, you know, yeah. mentioned in his interview. Yeah. I, I thought it was, to, go on. Did, well, we've already made a signing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, mean, I was going to get to the exciting. Signing. Yeah, and no, I was going to get to sign. So I'm, I'm interested because Alan's obviously knowledge of a non-league. So I'm interested. Yeah, Cohen Bramall, who's got a brilliant name, by the way. Not, so, not Jewish. Isn't that, did you check? He's not Jewish. Okay. Um, not it's a, yeah, very good name, Cohen Bramall, who's this um, kid. He's twenty years old, and it's like it's like a dream scenario. He's picked up in. It's an know, incredible story. I've been reading around team. it. It's yeah. amazing. But do you, did you know of him? Are you aware of him? No, I no? didn't. Okay. I didn't, and uh, usually I would, as Josh says, yeah. sort of know of big name players in non-league that are about to make a break from from my time working there but I didn't know of him at all but he was he was a slightly lower level than the the level that I 
still follow now. Because put it into context, um, it's the seventh tier. Yeah, so it's so far down. So if you imagine, yeah, so you've got League Two, you've got the National League, the National League then splits into a North and South, and then it splits to nine divisions across the country, and he was in one of those. Mm. So um, Headnesford Town were actually in the National North last season. They dropped down, they were relegated, and because of that, they changed manager, and the new manager that came in, he'd seen him play at Nantwich and... He was actually working at the, the local factory in Nant- Nantwich as well. And he managed to get him to travel a bit further south to, to play at Hednesford. And during this season, he, um, he's, he's, he scored a fantastic solo goal. And then he actually had a panicker assist from the edge of the uh, area, which is just, if you watch it back on YouTube, it's fantastic. My only concern <laughs> with all of this <laughs> is yeah. that um, Terry McMahon, who's the, the secretary at uh, Hednesford and someone that I'm still in contact with, I sent him a message and he thought that they uh, were quite favoured by the deal and were quite surprised. <laughs> 80,000 pounds? 40. And were quite... 40. Oh. Quite, You've doubled it. Quite I thought it was that. I read 80, yeah. I just, just want to say, in, in non-league, um, if you want to cheat at your research and, and know about all these clubs and it's something I had to do quite often you're looking at hundreds of clubs throughout the country and they don't have the best sort of PR teams behind them telling you what you should be finding out one of the best ways is to go on the club forums filter out the absolute rubbish but look for some someone half sensible and maybe follow their post Cohen Bramwell never ever been mentioned on the Hednesford Forum. Okay? <laughs> now, that's the equivalent of Meza Ozil's name not appearing on the Arsenal Forum. That's brilliant. Um, so it's there's, weird, there's slight confusion so there. Maybe and they deleted it all because they didn't want any attention around him. Well, I'm not sure they've had, they'd have access to the independent Good conspiracy forum. Yeah. But also... You can't delete people's forums. But hang on. You're talking it, about fans' forums. Because there is a, there's a view... I was sort of reading around this today and he was due to go on trial. Was it at... Sh- where Palace. Was it? No. Someone in the Football League. I think uh, Sheffield. I'll find it in a minute. It was someone in the Football League. No Palace and Liverpool sniffing around. But there's Sheffield, also... He, he, he'd just been on trial at Sheffield Wednesday and he played in under-23 games against Birmingham City and it was Brian McDermott, who's an Arsenal scout, yeah. who had been at the game and he was the one who invited him to come do Arsenal training. Um, and he was due to then go on trial at Shrewsbury Town. And it was uh, on the same day he got a call. The same day as he was made redundant at, his, at the job at the Bentley factory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got invited to Arsenal and they gave him two days training with the first team. And apparently, you know, after just two days training with the first team, they've decided yeah, to sign well, him. Well, Danny Welbeck took him under his wing. He's 20. Yeah. 20 is not young. No, it, I know. No, no, no. Extreme. And, and, the, and the interesting thing is that there's not even an article on the Hednesford website <laughs> about him at all, either. I love so your, um, your Sherlock Holmesian they, investigations they seem into the Hednesford. To, they seem I read to, out some quotes They seem today? to have deleted all knowledge of That's this so, guy, or weird. there was never anything That's anyway, so and he weird, might not be it? as good as we think. Because Bramble did a... a, a this is all PR bullshit, is that what you're saying? Uh, I'd, I'm, do you know what? I'm, I might be someone that tries to counter these things, yeah. but to to hammer a twenty year old that I admittedly I'm not hammering have him, only seen but I wonder, I'm now wondering whether Arsenal are deliberately like making this an incredibly heartwarming story of signing this this kid. The, so to deflect for that, we're not going to make any other signings of any major significance at all. The painful thing for me is that this could be back to Carl Jenkins and oh, your someone I did know about <laughs> and favorite. someone I did sort Poor, of follow through. Yes, and yes. I think we're. 
I think we Jenko. proved that that... Well, Jenko didn't so even get... So another non-league fullback. Yeah, before you, before you read the quotes, yeah, Jenko didn't even get the chance to play in I against... I saw Crystal um, Palace in for him. Did you well, see that today? The big well, fan wants him on loan. I, I, love him as I do, they can have him. Let's, let's be balanced here and say that under Sam Allardyce, under a very rigid defence where all he had to do was just make sure that the ball went the other way, <laughs> he actually looked good. <laughs> For a half season. I mean, obviously, I, yeah. I work at West Ham as well, and yeah. he looked good. As soon as under Slavin Bilic, he was asked to pass the ball around. He <laughs> had the Bournemouth game last season, a 4-3. He was responsible for all four goals and sent off. It is probably, it probably will go down as the worst performance from anyone in the Premier League ever, including uh, George Weyer's cousin that turned up at Ali Southampton Dier. that time. Ali Dyer. Yeah. I had to try and locate him the other day. Uh, there was a bit of heat on him, wasn't there? For well, there was a wonderful article which was it an anniversary on Bleacher Report. So basically, they went to track him down. You might remember the story. It was so George yeah, Weah's cousin, so yeah. <laughs> boss, he's not his cousin, supposed cousin, yeah. was signed by Graham Souness, played in a couple of five sides, and was brought brought on for Matt Letizia, and then was that bad? He was then subbed off um, in the same game. Um, yeah, we're working for one of the betting companies on a. A Premier League legends game, and they wanted him to be one of the players to feature. But well, he uh, is a Premier League legend. He is. He? Well, he's actually <laughs> yeah. fit, he fits the bill um, to come and play alongside Sol Campbell and Emil Heskey with a few other people we've got playing. But he uh, has politely declined the opportunity to come play oh, in the dear. game. Oh, um, so Bramall, he, he's uh, Cohen Bramall gave a couple of quotes to Sky Sports News. He said, um, "I was absolutely gobsmacked. I got there thinking, and he's talking about London Colney. I got there thinking I was going to be with the under 23s but they told me I'll be training with the first team on the Thursday and Friday. I was like." Wow. The standard was insane. It was as sharp as anything. They kept the ball and popped it around so well. It was an absolute honour to be a part of it. And everyone was so welcoming. Danny Welbeck, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Chuba Akpom helped me through the whole thing. I felt like I did well. But in exactly the same way with Carl Jenkinson, who's an Arsenal fan and is... You know, from yeah. the brief times I've met him, an absolutely lovely guy. Yeah, yeah. You you actually do want them to do well. I mean, if you yeah. don't, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And ask of course, yeah. I mean, this, is, this guy signing and becoming amazing it would just be yeah. an absolute dream come is true. Cal, is he an Arsenal fan? If you can't fan? see it, I'm not aware that he's yeah. an Arsenal fan. I wouldn't have thought so. He's from Crew. So they're, so they're suggesting he's going to be part of the under 23 team six months, but then the hope is he goes away with the first team on pre season next year. But that under 23 team, as I always say on here, is leaves terrible. a lot to be desired. I just hope that um, poor Jenko is not listen to this podcast because <laughs> he's apparently played the worst game of it in the history of football I think he knows it I think he knows it oh dear. Um, we've got it. a touch we haven't touched upon Giroud I mean you know I've, I've been fucking slugging off I don't know why I'm saying yes. so much today um, because of the strike um, is it slugging, the best ever goal you've me, seen live is it the best yes. goal you've seen live Oh well, live no I've seen, I was desperately I was trying to at, think when uh, first of all kudos to Scott I think was that game on Sky because I recorded it was it on Sky or BT yes Sky. Sky. Sky they came up was after, within about 10 minutes, seemingly. Maybe I was watching it fast forward when I got back. But they'd had a, like the 10 best Arsenal goals in history thing ready to play uh, afterwards. And they were talking about it already. They were analysing it. And, and then it was quite interesting. That, and I had seen winners, quite a lot of them. I mean, I'd, I've seen quite a lot of the classic Dennis Burkamp ones and the righty ones. I, I was there for a lot of those. You were there for what, Burkamp away at Newcastle? Not away, no, not the away. And the home one, I never go away. Okay. But all, the, all, the, all the good home ones I've seen live, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so there's me, like, it was an iconic. Ian White one against Everton that was, I was there for that which yes. was incredible um, oh, where he lobs it over one yeah, player another yeah, player and, and I remember Leicester. seeing that and thinking that I'm never going to see a goal as great as that but this was 
unbelievably. Yeah, I think it was the best goal impressive. I've ever seen. It, like, it, it was. It, it did feel like I couldn't. It, it was like it was. I just couldn't believe it had happened. Yeah. Especially from him, and I did immediately feel. I think I tweeted immediately saying, "I'm never going to slag him off ever a, again." Like, I should never slag him off ever again because it was fantastic. I, took, and I feel um, bad for slagging him off now. I took an Australian friend for his first ever football game. Wow. It was over, and I was just like, "You, you don't know what he's just witnessed. This, this is like this is incredible." So then there was, it was some. A, people, it was outrageous, for, and also yeah. I guess because of what had happened with Mkhitaryan just what ten days prior, and how you know there was you know you won't see a goal like this a but goal of a season. This was definitely better. This was you harder. Su- but you've summed it up there though, haven't you? You had to explain to that Australian guy that that was something amazing. Yet if somebody had lobbed a player, lobbed another player, taken it round another one, and then took it, put it into the top corner, he'd have known before you said that that was amazing. So. There's a massive difference in types of goal here, isn't there? Uh, look, we, yeah, obviously, you don't yeah, it's very different. How do you know? judge? Yeah, but how do you judge like, an 80 yard know. run and you beat five players, or just a moment where you've. And, and also, like, Giroud was obviously quite humble about it after and spoke about the element of luck. Yeah, and, and then he ruined it with that fucking celebration. Um, <laughs> hang on, we'll get to that in a sec. <laughs> yeah. But then everyone was always oh, being too humble, but there definitely is an element of luck. Of because course. He, he can only get to that board in that certain way. And for it to go in off the bar, that of course, there's an element of luck there. Yeah, a hundred times it goes you, in row Z. I'd oh, like to see in five yeah. years' time, you know, it, BT Sport are doing the recreate the goal at the moment. That ain't getting yeah. recreated yeah, that's not as getting beautifully done. as that. I mean, exactly. going in off the bar is just an absolute touch. Um, the point about him celebrating after the third at Bournemouth, yeah. Um, maybe you just need to I mean he could have sort oh, of I done it gonna, and then I thought you were going to say I'm being really unfair and you know uh, no I sort of it was a kind of a weird one because Gabrielle actually was the one if you watch the video if you watch it back Gabrielle goes absolutely mad and dives into the fans as if he scored it yeah. um, while Oxley chamberlain is sort of awkwardly five yards behind them going can, can we get back we've got five minutes to try and win a game here they've only got ten men and Giroud's kind of then caught in the middle of being like oh yeah shit we better get back and it's actually Gabrielle who's last to get out of the crowd um, which yeah. given well Gabriel actually kept a clean sheet didn't he he came on for yeah. Kuselny at 3-0 down Gabriel was uh, crucial to the comeback. I think the interesting thing and you can only say this with hindsight which is why I, I, I didn't comment at the time because I don't think you can tell either, either way when he goes to celebrate and goes into the crowd the, the natural thing for a referee to do is to add an extra 30 seconds on to the six that had already been declared but actually he didn't do that but you wouldn't have known that at the time I mean at, at the time as long as he doesn't take more than 30 seconds well someone to had to go at me back. because I so 5.55 I mean right. he didn't even add the extra 5 and the 30 right. no. well, exactly because someone had to go at me and said you did it you don't know the rules that he stopped the, the whistle only starts again when they kick off but that's, that's, that's giving the referee no it's a running clock with a 30 yeah. second addition Right for subs, we right. and we, no, we didn't, didn't get that, that thirty seconds, and that was the issue. But he couldn't have known that at the time, and anyone tweeting either way on the argument couldn't have known that. So I think it's it's completely. Uh... There was a Guardian right Guardian right. I was trying to find it on my iPhone. I couldn't find it. Who I actually met at a party, and I now can't remember his name. Who did the match report and kind of said that the Jurugo was like a Sunday League player thing that you'd put on YouTube and he kind of like shrouded it in he was kind of being funny about it it was a very funny description and I can't find it it was annoying but people were having a go at him but but it's I guess it's part of the whole luck thing oh I mean all the best goals and the greatest goals ha- that are so astonishing that you you kind of go your jaw drops I guess they all have an element of luck because you're never going to see the like of them 
hardly ever get it. In fact, apart from that, there was one of these scored um, a few days before, which was offside, obviously. But that added to the that added to the whole thing, didn't it? It's like the narrative of it. I hate people use the word narrative, but the story of that goal was he did a much better version, I think, because it was onside. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's a better it version, better, even, yeah, even than one of the most extraordinary goals we'd all seen a few days before. Yeah. It was just absolutely incredible. So yeah, I, I I am never gonna. I won't slag him ever again, even though you know. I feel it's like stand against standing back for it. We're Look, now you back can't in the, knock him at the moment. He's just scoring knocking, every no, no, game. No, every I, game. I'm not knocking him, but I'm saying, how, isn't it funny? We're now in the position where presumably he's back as the first choice striker. Mm, I'm, I'm not, not sure. Is he? I don't know. Well, I mean, he'll get. I don't Alexis think back on the wing. We're kind of like, apart from maybe Xhaka and you know the old game of El Nelmi playing. We just got to get. We're to back. Stan- was where we were last year. We, we've got to get to Stamford Bridge and having. Have yeah. maximum points, and if that means we win ugly in the way we, ha- I, I don't care. But with, with Giroud, people people try and I, I think I've said this before. Why do people try and deal in absolutes with Giroud? You know, he's either absolutely brilliant or he's absolutely terrible, and and nobody ever seems to want to meet in the middle and say, "Oh, I've always he's said a fantastic he's a addition player. to the squad." Yeah. Oh, yeah. That at times has performed to a level where he's been more than adequate for what we need at, at, yeah. at that particular point. But if you relied on him for too long, you'd suddenly realise why he's just yeah. not that Absolutely. top level. Absolutely. And, and that's, that definitely seems to be the case with him. Right. We have to, we've got we running out of time. We should mention the FA Cup draw. Oh yeah, oh, I don't know. It's happened. Podcasting. Well, yeah. I'm a uh, drum roll for this. Yeah, live FA Cup draw action. Arsenal will play away oh. at either Southampton or Norwich, who of course have a replay. Mm. Not uh, the best. Okay. But then again, both rested players to to quite a heavy extent at the weekend. So yeah. I think... Okay. So they replay they on continue, the 18th yeah. and then we go there at some point the last weekend. Yeah. Although saying that, meeting, that meeting a rested Southampton team in the Cup didn't exactly work just before Christmas, did it? No, that's true. That's true. And that was at home. We have got predictions to do because we, we're, we're in the middle of this run of um, us playing against supposedly inferior we opposition that we're going to stroll, that we all thought we'd stroll, or some people thought we'd stroll. So playing Swansea on Saturday. Alan, what is going to happen? Um, I, I, I don't think they've had enough time to... to get to grips with their new manager I think this yeah. will be 3-0 to Arsenal Ooh. I, th- I, I, I key to our games and the stats bear it out are early goals and I, th- I think scoring in the first 20 odd minutes and uh, having a comfortable victory will happen at least once during this run of games and I think it'll be this weekend yeah I mean, we haven't got time to talk about it. I feel a bit for Bob, Bob Bradley I think he got a terrible yeah. deal from the press um, taking over a very poor side they had no time to change or do anything with but, but I Clement's think, yeah, not going to have time either that's, I think that's we'll the win 3-1 I think we, we'll just be too strong what do you think Boyd? yeah I'm going to go I'm going to go 4-1 very good yeah, very yeah. Good. Um, thank you very much Alan and thank you thank Al. you pleasure thanks, enjoyed it thanks for the cigar <laughs> and uh, <laughs> thanks Josh thanks, thank, thank you, you Josh, for walking all the way with an Uber uh, I'll see you next week when are we back next Monday next Monday yeah cheers bye if you like this podcast come and join me Mark Webster for the Whistleblowers a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at the whistleblowers.net and it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one Sports Social Podcast Network